Today on the Evangelist Podcast, we talk about reaching out at Christmas. The Evangelist's Podcast. Encouragement to speak life to a needy world. With Glenn Scrivener and Andy Brinkley. Well, Glenn, we're back. We're back from outer space. <laughs> yes. Uh, We've been doing this series and uh, reaching out to the people of different faiths. Yeah. And uh, we thought that it was, well, it could be a long series. Yeah. And what we thought we'd do is just break for Christmas. <laughs> yeah. You know, Advent's coming. So, you know, we need to we need to get our, get our Christmas game on. But we'd love to return to uh, thinking about other faiths. Yeah. In particular, uh, we haven't spoken yet about Buddhism. We haven't mm. spoken yet about uh, Hinduism in particular. And if there is a, a, a worldview or even a cult um, that uh, you'd like us to cover, then please do get in touch. We'd mm. love to, you know, we haven't thought about the Baha'i faith and we haven't thought about Scientology and we haven't thought about, uh, I don't know, lots of things. So we'll tackle that in the new year. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was time to kind of uh, press pause on it and just think about what where we've gotten to as we've uh, looked at other faiths. Mm. Um, we've had a review. Oh, okay. Um, from the podcast. Uh, so this is from The Average Joe. It says, My senior pastor recommended The Evangelist podcast. I've heard about 10 episodes so far and have been encouraged and better equipped. I've already used one thing I heard in a conversation with a person who ended up professing faith in Christ. Hey. I thank the Lord for TEP. Hey. <laughs> so that's great. Thank you, average Thank you, Joe. Joe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fantastic. That's and that's kind of why we do it. We we do it in order to equip God's people for their works of evangelistic yeah. service, and um, and hopefully it uh, it has helped you. And uh, and if so, then uh, why not share the word on social media and um, yeah, get it get it heard by more people because uh, we don't do this just to entertain ourselves as yeah. Christians. Like we we do it literally so that things like that can happen, so people can be equipped in their personal witness. So, yeah, yeah, wonderful, excellent. And uh, if you're not subscribed to it, you're listening to this, but you're not actually subscribed. You can do that easily by going to speaklife.org.uk/tep. Brilliant. So it would be good if we could just sort of summarise uh, where we've got to so far with with um, looking at uh, speaking to other faiths about Christ. Yeah. Um, just give us a whistle-stop tour of... Whistle-stop uh, tour. What we've done. We had Mormonism, mm -hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses. We had uh, Islam. We had Paganism. We had Sikhism. Have I missed anyone else? Not... No, not the not at this point. Yeah, so so those are the those are the big five that we've looked at so far, and and we've spoken to experts um, in reaching out to people in all those different fields, um, and what I've really enjoyed, and I think the number one thing I've I've gotten out of it uh, is it's okay not to know about <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. So we've gone through 10 episodes in which, you know, now now the, the punchline is you didn't need to know any of that. Um, <laughs> no, it's fantastic to know about that. But the best thing you can do, if you think, oh, how on earth do I reach out to this Muslim friend of mine? Um, best thing to do is just ask them yeah. what Islam is and what is it for them? Because you might have learnt from us a mm. whole bunch of stuff, but the Muslim in front of you, well, he might be a, a, a Shia Muslim and you've just been studying Sunni mm. Islam or, or whatever. So, And a lot of Jesus' uh, interactions with people is, is asking them questions. Exactly. You know? 
You can get a long way with just sort of asking people questions. Exactly. Ask them the questions. And so don't feel like because you've listened to a couple of podcasts on a, on a religion that um, now you can tell them <laughs> what, the, what they believe. Yeah. Um, the best thing to do now, having known all those things and, and now knowing the fruitful areas of discussion... Interestingly, so often those fruitful areas of discussion are who is Jesus and what about assurance of salvation? Mm. Um, those are always the fruitful. It's, it's been very interesting, whether you're talking to a Mormon or a Muslim or a Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> always the questions are who is Jesus for mm. you and do you know that you have eternal life? Do you know that you know God? Do you, you know? So that's been interesting to me as, as a sort of a common denominator between um, all these different dialogues. Mm. But, the, yeah, the big thing is... Yes, find out as much as you can about that religion, but don't think that you know what the other person believes. Yes. Ask. <clears throat> and in that curiosity, and even as you play dumb, um, that's really, really helpful. Mm. Getting them to explain stuff to you um, is, as you say, Jesus' method, and it draws them out. Um, and it, and it, actually, if you're asking the questions, it enables you to explore into areas where you want to go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Continue to be inquisitive, continue to ask questions about Jesus in particular and the assurance that we have as Christians, and I think you'll have some really fruitful conversations. Yeah. There is there is a place for being prepared, isn't there? You know, sure. Timothy Barnett said about uh, that stuff that he's got printed off by the door. Yes. So that Jehovah's Witness knocks on the door and he can yes. quickly go to those scriptures. And... Break glass in case of Jehovah's <laughs> Witness. Right, yeah. <laughs> bring it out and... <laughs> And that, yeah, and that is that is helpful, especially especially with people of the book, people who are very booky, like Jehovah's Witnesses or like Muslims. Mm. Um, it is it is very worth um, having some, you know, a couple of scriptures you yeah. know, in your mind because they they love Bible study, they love opening up the yeah. book like that. So it it is worth being prepared like that. And if it wasn't, we wouldn't have done the ten episodes. But yeah, um, uh, yeah. and of course, if you know, if you don't know anything you can just say well i'll get back to you you know and give you an opportunity to meet the person again totally and uh you know as you as you said before it sharpens your own faith to oh yeah to sort of study these things and think well yeah i suppose you know this is about the nature of god or whatever and it kind of yeah builds you up at the same time 100 percent, it does i mean i was i was giving a day of teaching on monday to some church leaders in training and i was basically taking them through the Torah, the Pentateuch, Genesis to, to Deuteronomy. And, um, and they asked me, you know, well, gosh, you know, how did you get into all this stuff to begin with? Because I was preaching Christ from Exodus and mm. Christ from Numbers and Christ from Deuteronomy. Like, how did you get into this? And I said, well, honestly, it's through engaging Muslims at Speaker's Corner Sunday by Sunday. And whenever I preached Jesus from the Gospels, they would say, ah, but you've changed the Gospels. But they, they tended to have a, a respect for the Torah a lot mm. more, or at least they, they tended to think that it was genuinely Scripture, whereas they thought that the Christians had changed the Gospels. And so it just forced me to proclaim Jesus from the Old Testament. And and it's sharpened me and it's helped me to be a better Christian. I think all, all these dialogues help you to be a better Christian, help you to understand the riches that we've already got in the gospel. Yeah. And it just, as, as, a, as a Pepsi challenge almost, and, and you, know, you taste some of the other cola brands that are out there and you go, I'm very glad I've got Jesus. Very, very glad I've got Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So what have you been doing recently, Glenn? You've you, um, mm. been 
traveling around. Yes. So I don't know. Like on Thursday, um, I went up to Oxford, and I had to I had to borrow a uh, a bow tie, and oh, right. then I had to get someone to show me how to tie a bow tie, and then in the end, they just had to tie the bow tie for me. Um, and uh, I was at this sort of black tie event where I was speaking at uh, at the end of a. A dinner put on by St. Aldate's in Oxford, and that was brilliant. And they got they got well over two hundred people there, and a, and a good number of those were non Christians. Um, so yes, I, I was reflecting on the way up one Corinthians chapter nine to the posh. I became posh in order to win the posh. <laughs> all things to all people. So that that was a great event. St. Aldate's did a brilliant job. And um, interestingly, there I just I just spoke on Philippians two. Not for very long, about 12 minutes, and, and just sort of said, um, I don't know what kind of God you don't believe in, but here's the God that I do believe in. Here is the God who became nothing and poured himself out mm. and made himself a servant and a slave and a human sacrifice. Kind of an interesting God, don't you think? And just got into brilliant conversations afterwards uh, with people who, I, I guess at Oxford, quite often they are used to um, being engaged by Christians on a philosophical level mm. and kind of matching philosophical firepower for philosophical pi- firepower. And I just enjoyed going up there and saying, hey, check out the cross. That's mm. interesting. That's weird. That's different. Mm. And just kind of subverting people's um, thoughts about where they might find God. Yeah. You know where you're going to find God? On the cross. Ooh, that's different. And But it led to some really fruitful conversations. So that was cool. And then I did the uh, weekend away for University of East Anglia Christian Union. So uh, up near Norwich. Mm. So I'm I'm about to go to Norwich Cathedral in a couple of weeks to do their carol service, okay. um, which is great. I did their carol service last year, and they got sort of a thousand people into the, and you know they were turning yeah. people away. Wow. So they they need to start thinking about well, let's do two services, and maybe they can invite the town in. Yeah. And you just you just think you know this this organisation. Um, we call ourselves Speak Life now. We were the Hour of Revival Evangelistic Association. It was started by Eric Hutchings, and mm. he would go to the center of towns and, and put on you know, big events, and it would take a lot of organizing. And, and you know, they would get those kinds of numbers of people to mm. come to the center of town, to a town hall or that kind of thing where he would preach. But it's, it's, it is amazing that at Christmas... Those kind of opportunities are just offered to us on a plate. You know, yeah. we haven't had to do any, you know, massive publicity, and um, they're not coming to hear me, which is good. Yeah. You know, but they are—they are coming to think about the true meaning of Christmas. So, what an opportunity Christmas yeah. is, and we'll be thinking about that and how to take advantage of that. So that was uh, that was on the, over the weekend, and then um, uh, yesterday, day, yeah. yesterday I spoke at the uh, the Faiths Forum. So it's Interfaith Week um, all over the country. And there are all sorts of faiths forums where people get together. And, um, and it's, it's usually um, a, a very sort of positive, groovy, you know, we're all in this thing together kind of thing until they invite me. And I kind of, I, I, I don't know, I, I was gracious. And You're I the grit in the shoe. I'm the grit. <laughs> That's the last time I spoke at one of these was in 2010, and um, and and a, and a lovely Christian man afterwards said, you know, everybody else when they spoke, they were sort of the the Vaseline that was smoothing everything over, and every time you spoke, you just had a little bit of grit, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> that was his way of saying I was abrasive and a nasty piece of work or something. But uh, no, that was that was very interesting. It was on the topic of let's give peace a chance. And obviously, after the events of the terrorist attacks in in Paris, 
um, there were some very pointed questions, and I was expecting very different pointed questions right. about let's give peace a chance. But actually, three times in the Q and A session. There was about seven of us on stage. We all had five minutes to sort of lay out what our religion thought about peace. And then we were to take questions afterwards. And I was nervous about the questions afterwards. But actually, none of the questions were accusatory in any way about religion. Because we're meant to be facing, you know, the town. And secular Eastbourne is meant to be, you know, quizzing. Questioning all the faiths. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, nothing was said... um, negatively at all, three times there were impassioned pleas from uh, people, in the con- uh, p- people in the audience saying, um, how on earth can we stop Islamophobia in Eastbourne? And, and there's no doubt going to be all sorts of you know, retaliation as people get angry at the terrorism and they're going to lash out against the mosque. And how are we going to stop Islamophobia? And and so, you know, the first time the question was asked, I was like, well, you know, we need to understand each other and we need to get together and face-to-face and over meals and understand where one another are coming from and that that's really important. And then the second time the question is asked, I sort of say a similar thing. And then the third time the question is asked, I just turned to the imam and, and I said, Abdul, can you just tell us about your experience of being a Muslim in Eastbourne? Because if it really is... Um, a terrible experience of Islamophobia. Like, I, I need to hear that, and we need to know how we can repent and, and help mm. you. And and Abdul just said, my experience of being a Muslim in Eastbourne, pleasant. Very, very pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, it, it, just, it was very interesting to me that we've learnt that a knee-jerk response is we need to f- worry about Islamophobia might come up because yeah. of... Uh, retaliations for uh, terrorist ac- attacks, but that, that's certainly not the problem in Eastbourne. No. It might be the problem where you are. Yeah. Um, it's not the problem in Eastbourne. And actually, part of the grit that I was trying to throw in was to say to people, "Listen, it is a cliche to say that religion causes all wars." And I wheeled out the statistic that I always wheel out, which is that Philip and Axelrod's Encyclopedia of All Wars chronicles 1,763 different wars that have happened in history. Mm. And they say that about 123 of them are religious in nature, Mm. which is 7%, which puts pay to the lie that religion causes all war. You know, God is not the common denominator in war. Man is. And I was making all those points. And so I was trying to say, look, on the one hand, we don't want to buy into that cliché. But on the other hand, we don't want to buy into the cliche that just says all religions are by their very nature peaceful. Because they're not. There was a God called Zeus. There was a God called Mars. And what we believe does have implications for these kinds of things. And I would like to sit down with the Imam. And I would like, I'm reading through the Quran, rereading through the Quran, and, and I would like to ask him, what does Surah 5 verse 33 really mean? What does Surah 9 verse 5 really mean? And I, I, I'd just like to, yeah. to, just on the basis, you know, I, I think he's a lovely, lovely guy. And I, all the Muslims I've ever met have been the most hospitable, lovely, you know, lovely, yes. lovely people. And, and, um, but can we, with books open and eyes wide open, have this discussion? Yeah. Um, so that's, what it, that's where I was trying to get to. Um, last night, and and I've got a, an invitation to the mosque, and um, yeah, I'd love to take that up and um, started some good conversations with with some people from the mosque. So, right. um, so for me, it was worthwhile for that. Yeah, that'd be really interesting, sort of like you know, <laughs> to do a, 
you know, a one-on-one Bible study or Quran study. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know, what's your understanding of these very yeah. interesting verses? I mean, uh, I mean, Surah five, verse thirty-two. I heard quoted very often in response to the um, the terrorist attacks, in which it says, you know, whoever kills an innocent, it is like they've killed the whole human race. Yeah. And whoever saves the life of an innocent, it's like they've saved the ra- they've saved the whole human race. Yeah. M- number of interesting things about that. What is your definition of innocent? Mm. Is is a non-Muslim an innocent? Another interesting thing is that that verse is actually reporting what Allah's message to the children of Israel was. Allah's message to the children of Israel was, if you kill an innocent, then it's like you've killed the human race. Mm. That was his message to Israel. The very next verse, Surah 5 verse 33 says, Allah's message to um, the present-day Muslims is that for all the enemies of Allah and His Messenger, they should be killed, crucified, beheaded, and amputated. Yeah. Um, and and those two verses are side by side. And and it's I, I love that Surah five verse thirty two is in your book. Great. How do you put that together with Surah five verse thirty three? Yeah. Which actually, you know, it's interesting with the Christians and. You know, questions about the Old Testament are raised with Christians, mm. and we sort of say, "Ah, yes, there's Old Testament, but Jesus comes and does something new mm. to Israel, and and so how we read the Old Testament is different, and so the trajectory is away from certain acts of holy war in the Old Testament um, into the New Testament. So that's the trajectory from the Bible's perspective, from the Quran's perspective. Surah five verse thirty two is the Jews are protecting life. Surah 5 verse 33 is the Muslims kill, crucify those who are enemies of yeah. Muhammad. Um, and so the trajectory is entirely different. Yeah. And, and therefore, you know, I, and I, I, I want to hear good explanations of that. Yeah. You know, and I, and, I, and, I, and I don't assume anything of ill will in any Muslim whatsoever. But I do look back at a book... Um, you know that has come from a warrior mm. and i do want to know how are you going to read that book yeah um today so yeah i mean it's interesting i've got a i've got a debate with a or a discussion a dialogue i don't know what we're going to call it but um i'm going to have some time he's going to have some time we're going to get to rebut each other and then field questions right. so if you want to call that a debate then well, i guess at, it's that. At, the, at the mosque so in portsmouth okay so the portsmouth christian union Ah, right. Portsmouth University Christian Union, uh, together with the Islamic Society there. Um, they've got uh, a guy called Adnan Rashid's going to speak, and I'm going to speak on the Christian uh, view of Jesus. Right. So what's the Islamic view of Jesus? What's the Christian view of Jesus? And then we're going to take some yeah. questions. Oh, that'd be really interesting. Is it going to be recorded? Do you know? Or... Oh, let, let me ask. Let me ask. Fergal Kelly, if you're, if you're listening, <laughs> can we record it? <laughs> that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. Hope, yeah. Hope, hope we can. Maybe we could play it in in the episode of uh, the evangelist podcast absolutely and if you're near portsmouth it's on the 2nd of december and you can get in touch and we'll tell you when and where Mm. so what other faiths were represented at the faith forum then christian muslim so there was a roman catholic as well as um, myself i think i was down as church of england but i I, (laughs) I sort of i took the protestants with me and so (laughs) so there was roman catholic me as as, um sort of protestant there was christian science so right. the Mary Baker Eddy thing, yes, the Imam from the mosque, 
Um, the Jewish representative couldn't make it, but they were going to be there. And there was a Mormon, uh, and there was a pagan from the northern tradition, and there was somebody else, a Buddhist. Right. A Buddhist, yeah. Okay. yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, the f- where... Because <laughs> you can't shut me up, I kind of took the mic and gave the final thought. But um, <laughs> it's interesting on the on the topic of peace. It's very easy to sound, you know, warm and fuzzy on the issue of peace. And I was I was just constantly wanting to say, peace and tranquility shouldn't really be synonyms. There's nothing tranquil yes. about what yeah. real peace is. If Jesus shows us what peace is, it takes blood, sweat, and tears to bring peace. Mm. It brings pain. He he died on the cross to bring peace with us. And what it will take for us to turn the other cheek to other people, it'll be a costly, painful kind of thing. Yeah. And so I was always wanting to, to sort of say, you know, forgiveness sounds lovely as a Facebook meme. And, you know, there's a, there's a picture about, you know, if I don't forgive my enemy, it's like, you know, drinking poison and hoping that they die, you know. And, and, and I can have all sorts of ideas about forgiveness. I can have all sorts of ideas about loving the world. Mm. But, you know, funnily enough, the Bible really doesn't talk about loving the world. It talks about loving your neighbor, you know, the actual person mm. who crosses your path and gets in your way and is annoying. <laughs> and so, you know, as much as we might want to sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya... <laughs> What about the war that goes on in our own hearts? Yeah. And James 4 says, fights and quarrels come from my desires that are within me. How am I going to deal with those? And then I just urge people, will, will you pray? Because, you know, if you're going to have peace in the world, you need to deal with the junk that is inside you that causes you to be a warmonger. And my challenge to all of you is to, to go home and just pray. You know, God, will you, will you identify the stuff that's in my heart and will you show me the way of peace? <laughs> so... Um, it wasn't exactly an altar call, come to Christ, but in that, in that forum, that was, that was my way of, of moving it into a, yeah, into a, into a direction in which I'd spoken about Jesus the whole time, yeah. being the, the Prince of Peace. So, so when, yeah. the, when it comes around again, <laughs> yeah, in five years time, five years time when they've forgotten get, what I did last time, you might get another invite. Yeah. I tell you what, maybe on these show notes, you can put links to my last appearance on the, um, yeah, that was on video, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on video and I, I was answering questions, um, back then. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll put that on the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, we also need to, um, tell people about the, uh, Christmas campaign. Don't they already know? Hasn't it no, already hasn't it already flooded their Facebook timeline? <laughs> um, so hopefully, like somewhere on social media, someone has put on your timeline, "I got Santa. What kind of Christmas are you?" Mm. Take the test, and uh, that will take you to fourkindsofchristmas.com, and uh, you can answer eight questions about your Christmas habits, and then it'll tell you whether you are a Scrooge, whether you are a shopper, a Santa, or whether you are the stable. When it comes to Christmas, and this is part of our Christmas outreach, um, we've got the book which is um, selling like hotcakes. Yeah, because um, ten of those are thousands of them, thousands, tens of thousands of them. So out it goes. I think it's on its third reprint already. It's only been out for like a month. So that probably just means that Jonathan Carswell didn't think it would sell very well to begin with. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they're very they're very pleased with how it's going. And um, so, can you on social media share? This quiz, do the quiz yourself, it's a bit of fun. Um, share the quiz, and it's a gentle way in so that people will then perhaps um, mm. click through to read the book online or get the book sent to them. Mm. 
And then in two weeks' time, we're going to launch the video as well, which will be another um, another aspect to the to the campaign. Yeah. So you have got John Lewis, you got Sainsbury's, yeah. and then you got Glenn Scribner. That's right. You've got the you've got the Speak Life video. It'll you know Christmas does not begin <laughs> until the Speak Life video comes out. So we shall see. We're we're going to be doing some work on it actually this afternoon. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of fun. Great. Well, uh, we've got uh, some exciting stuff coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to Cumbran this yeah. Thursday? Yeah, Thursday to Sunday. So it's the 200th anniversary of, and I'm going to get the pronunciation wrong, Pont Ridderen Church in right. uh, in Cumbran. Please write in <clears throat> and tell me how I've mangled the Welsh language. Is it Pont Ridderen or Pont Ridiren? Anyway, I'll, I'll find out. Um, I'll find out before I open my mouth again. Um, in Cumbran, and they're having their 200 year uh, anniversary, Pont Ridderen. Baptist Church, and uh, we're putting on all sorts of different events, and uh, we're taking a team, so the guys that are studying with us to do their um, postgraduate diploma in theology, they're they're studying through union, but they're coming with us um, as uh, helpers on the mission, and they'll be doing some of the talks, and I'll be doing some of the talks, and uh, yeah, Qumran, watch out, because we're going to gospel you. Great. Well, uh, I don't think there's much more to to say from this episode, so uh, we'll leave it there. (laughs) It's, we've run out of everything to we, say. Glenn's, the end. <laughs> Glenn's run out of stuff to say. <laughs> Finally. All right. Well, then, Andy, what would you like to talk about? Come <laughs> on, man. That's it. I'm finished. Yeah. Do you have a joke? <laughs> well, yeah, it's over. It's over. It's over.